And this Go. ball in the air, deep right center Go. field. Two-run home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, he'll watch it go Chuck Nasty. Two-run home run, David Dahl. And Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. Welcome in to the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use that promo code DNVR20 because when you do, you save 20% off your entire purchase of that CBD infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I am the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. Patrick Lyons should be along before too long to discuss today's topic overarchingly. Money, 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 money. We're talking about money. There's a lot of money news today. Arbitration. Today was the the final day to sort of uh, arrive at agreements uh, to avoid arbitration, as it were. Uh, Obviously, I want to focus as much as we can on uh, the Colorado Rockies guys, but I do actually, even though, and I'm just a few moments away from saying this in real time uh, about DJ LeMayhew, uh, he don't even go here anymore. I do want to start there because his deal, I think, in a lot of ways could even still impact the Colorado Rockies. First of all, there's the, the really great news, right, that the rumors that he was going to go to the Los Angeles Dodgers and then torment the Rockies for 19 games a year. That's not going to happen. Not something that you have to worry about there. So that's pretty good news from a Rockies perspective. And if you're a fan of DJ LeMayhew, just the human being, the ball player, you'd like to see him do well. Well, you could still make, I think, a pretty strong argument that he's getting underpaid with this deal. He is finally at least getting paid. He's making more money now And he will make more money with the Yankees than he made through all of the time up until now. And that's great news for him. The person, he has more than earned that contract. Um, But there's another flip side of this as well, which is that it not being this huge number that you maybe thought he was going to go and get. You know, we've talked about whether or not he, he was going to be a market setter. And we'll see if that ends up being true but yes while the innocent around 15 million a year uh you know and it looks like patrick's here to jump in so i'll get your take on this patrick um is this just hey a singular deal between dj the yankees they arrived at a solid number it's fair they feel good isolate it from the rest of the market or is this another sign that you know these deals that the likes of which nolan arenado and some of these other guys maybe mike trout bryce harper some of these guys have we're not going to be seeing those these next couple of years that that market is going to stay down uh, and that, you know, it's, um, I don't want to say the owners are winning in an early round against the players, but it, in some ways it, it feels that way to me. I, you know, in a, in a lot of ways, I think DJ got the exact contract I thought he was going to get uh, for a, a 32 year old, 
you know, infielder who, you know, doesn't have a, a huge pedigree of being a, a superstar. He, he wasn't a, a superstar in, in Colorado. Very, very good player. Multi-time all-star. Gold glove player. A guy who was more valuable to the team than, you know, was, was given credit for. But he wasn't this otherworldly player. He, only, he essentially got the same deal that Josh Donaldson got. His Donaldson's deal with the Twins was four years, $92 million. And DJ got six years, $90 million. And I'll, and I'll break down how they're essentially the same deal. I had this conversation uh, over the summer with, with a few people at, that were shocked that, oh, DJ's obviously going to make over $100 million. We haven't seen guys in their early 30s who aren't, you know, haven't already been, let's say, superstars. First off, those guys that are superstars, they don't come onto the market at that age, right? right. Like a- Andrew McCutcheon is one of the maybe more recent guys who came on around that time, uh, and that was because he had already had signed a, a long-term extension with with Pittsburgh, right? They bought out his arbitration years, and so that pushed back the time in which he could be a free agent. And whereas LeMahieu, he had already entered the market as a free agent. And everyone says, Oh yeah, very good ball player. You know, love to have him a part of our team. Got two years, 24 from the Yankees and Oh, well the Yankees have to have him back. So the Yankees are going to go and outbid everybody. Who else, you know, would they have possibly had to outbid because again, you know, maybe the Dodgers, but uh, we don't, again, we can't say that there's any kind of collusion going on, but I think it's, you know, in a lot of ways in, in a different year, uh, maybe three years ago, or four years ago, before uh, it really seemed like free agents weren't getting the type of money they were supposed to have gotten, maybe there would have been a little bit of a bidding war, and he would have gotten over a hundred million. But I never got the sense that he was going to make more than that because of his age and the fact that guys just don't really contribute quite as much once they hit 35, 36 years old. So he's not getting a, a ten-year deal. He's not getting an eight-year deal. He's not really going to get a six-year deal. And that's what he got. And and I'll, and I'll break that down as as why I think his deal is identical to the to the Donaldson deal in a lot of ways, even though one's for four, one's for six. How is that even possible? But you, you came on talking about LeMahieu. Were, were you surprised with the numbers, or, or did you feel like that was essentially around what he was going to get? No, it's it's pretty close to what I thought he was going to get. I, I saw a lot of other folks dropping some pretty lofty numbers. I was with you thinking, like, I'll be surprised – if he gets that, and again, I think that's people looking at his numbers over the last couple of years and going, man, you got to pay this guy like a superstar and, and forgetting some of the things about the age and how long he's been putting up those kinds of numbers and, and these other things. So, no, it, it's around what I thought, but also that was including like that the owners are being really, really penny pinchy right now. Stingy. They're, they're, yeah, they're being incredibly stingy right now. And so... I do think I, I'm, I'm with you. And, and this has always been part of the, the Nolan Arenado conversation is two or three years ago, which is when Nolan signed that deal now, two years ago, maybe he could have gotten $20 million a year for the kind of resume, if you, if you kind of pull the resume back, right, and it translates or whatever. But th- that's just not happening that much anymore, and especially for guys over 30. And that really is the point. Well, I, you know, I was, kind of, I was sort of talking about Trout and Harper, it's, that, that's actually really a different category of thing. This is really about the guys who are 32, 33 years old, which is what Nolan Arenado will be if he decides to take that opt-out. And that's the thing is, can you still go out? If DJ LeMay, who's worth $15 million a year, are you really worth $35 million a year on the open market? 
And I think the first solid answer to where the market's at right now to that question has been no, not even close, probably. And so I, I think this is, I'm sure Nolan Arenado saw this number and went, hmm, okay, <laughs> that's, it's a bigger difference, you know, and, and again, there's a lot that can happen between now and then, and it's not a one-to-one, but guys in their thirties, just, even if you're a superstar, I don't think you're going to get handed $35 million a year anymore. If, if he got five years, $125 million, LeMayhew, I mean, I, I guess I wouldn't have been shocked, but I, I just thought with how everything was going again, with his age and with, with, you know, again, players just not getting paid what they're they probably should be in in the open market the last couple years and again everything with the pandemic all that the owners are going to use to play against them i think there's there's you know i don't know if when you start working in uh, a front office if there's there's any direct line or correlation to this but one of the pieces with arbitration is keeping players numbers down and saying look you might be worth a lot more than this again you're relatively unproven like we saw kyle uh, kyle freeland you know, after essentially four seasons with the Rockies today, uh, you know, signed signed a, a deal this year to avoid arbitration, so they don't have to get into that room. And we can talk about how awful that room is to negotiate. But a guy who finished fourth in the Cy Young Award voting and has had three really solid seasons out of four, and he's only making five million dollars. Like that's that's a pittance, right? Yeah. And so there's a system in place to keep those numbers down. And yeah. when those numbers are kept down, when they go into free agency, you go, we'll offer you twice as much as you made last year. Well, that's that's like really good. If offer three or four times as much. Well, that's that's ridiculous. So look at the guys who make these big free agent deals. They have this pedigree. They have a track record of having always, you know, made a certain dollar amount and and living, I guess, a certain uh, quality of life in a sense. And there's, it's weird. You wouldn't think that would be the case. You would just say, look, value me on what I, what I'm worth and what I've done on the field. And yet there is something like, well, this guy has been used to getting paid this way. And so we're going to go ahead and, and double his salary. We'll double yours too, but you're not making as much. So that guy is, is making tons more. Also who's buying a number 26 Jersey for the Yankees. You know, are they, are people putting DJ LeMahieu's face on billboards? Are they, are they selling, you know, Fords at the dealerships in North Jersey and Connecticut? That's I don't know, people seem pretty of. excited, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, That's an, <laughs> no, no, again, <laughs> I'm not, yeah. I'm not crapping no, on DJ LeMahieu. I'm right. not saying things you're he probably right. wouldn't say himself. Um, he's, he's the exact player that the Yankees, you know, scouted and, and picked up in the late nineties during their dynasty guys who you, you say, Hey, this is a very good ball player. He's not a superstar. And they come in, they put the pinstripes on, and in a way they become superstars. And that was DJ LeMahieu, where, hey, look, this guy's got a swing a lot like Derek Jeter. He can play all the infield positions, which in a way we didn't know at the time. I guess the Yankees figured he could, and they were right. They bet on that. And you go, oh, no, this is, this is the exact type of guy we need. We don't need more Giancarlo Stanton-type players. We don't need another CeCe Sabathia or Mark Teixeira. We, we need some guys somewhere in the middle, and LeMahieu's been absolutely fantastic for that. So did have you seen the deal that the White Sox struck with Liam Hendricks? I know you tweeted something out about that, right? Yeah, well, we- I, I, I actually I forwarded the thing about the Oakland A's apparently not making the effort because I think people <laughs> – 
around here tend to assume that the Colorado Rockies are the only team that does stuff like that. And that's why I point out these things. Like there is a difference. Like you talk about it with the ball players, right? There's a difference between great and good and pretty good and mediocre and bad and terrible and just awful shouldn't be there. And I feel like too often we make those into two categories instead of all of those things. And, and I, I sort of feel that way, you know, with, with the Rockies front office is like, we talk, we, we magnify every terrible thing they did. They didn't even go after DJ LeMay. You know, like the Oakland A's didn't even go after Liam Hendricks. It's a business. So if sometimes you go, we don't have the money to keep you, you don't have the money to keep them. You don't insult the guy's intelligence. And if it, they take it personally, then fine. But like, it's, man, it's, you know, it's, it really is one of those things where it gets excused if you win. It becomes a part of the problem when you lose. Uh, I try to parse through that stuff as much as I possibly can. Um, but but it is, you know, it's professional sports, and that's often what it comes down to. So I totally understand that. But uh, the, you know, the the Hendricks thing, it's, it. I really like him. I actually really like him as a pitcher a lot. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I think the White Sox are doing some really good things. Obviously, they're doing some really weird things. <laughs> also, with the oh, yeah. manager and stuff. They uh, signed Yoenis Cespedes' younger brother, Yoelki Cespedes, today to, you know, to a very small deal. And again, he could is a half brother, yeah. but again, it's in the DNA being being yeah. a beast. They can be exciting. They they can be into it. But yeah, it was just another reminder to me too that uh, the Rockies aren't as different or or. They're not the only team that blows the PR move every once in a while or doesn't do the simple, easy thing of calling a guy and even just to pretend to make the effort. And Liam Hendricks is a guy you think they would. But, yeah, good pickup for the White Sox. Um, yeah, he signs a, uh, a three-year, $54 million deal that can be extended to a four-year, $54 million deal. Yeah, I said that right. It's either a three-year, 54 mil or yeah. four-year, 54 mil. Identical money. This is what's going on in the game right now is these creative ways to get guys paid, but it benefits the team. So basically in that fourth year, if they decide we don't want you around anymore, they're going to pay him $1.5 million over the course of 10 years, which over time with inflation, he's going to be getting paid. You know, he's not going to be getting $15 million, right? It'll be, right. it'll be valued as slightly less. So again, a creative way to get the job done and get the guy's money. So here's why DJ LeMahieu's deal is essentially almost identical to what we saw Josh Donaldson get. Four years, $92 million. DJ comes to the table. He wants to make over $100 million. And, you know, it, it's five years. I think he wanted five years, 125. And then it was like five years, 110. And then I think the Yankees said, look, we're, we'll give you four years, 90. Or, or, or they probably even low, uh, balled him lower than that and said four years, 80. But the idea is, look, we'll actually we'll throw you another ten million dollars for four years, eighty. So we'll give you two more years on the back end of your deal, and an extra ten million dollars. Now you say, well, why wouldn't he just take the four years for eighty million dollars? Well, because by the time he becomes a free agent and he's thirty-six million dollars, is he going to make ten million dollars? Uh, maybe, maybe not. Does yeah. he bet on himself? Does he need to bet on himself? But that's a, a pretty sizable increase from 80 to $90 million to make that. Well, here's why the Yankees would do a deal like that. Because now, even after those four years, and they get what they want from DJ LeMahieu, they got those four years. They didn't have to go the five. What ends up happening is they can go ahead and, and get rid of him, right? And the benefit to them is the fact that on the books – to stay underneath the salary cap, which I believe is at $210 million. 
because it's a six year, $90 million deal, they are only get charged $15 million for each season, as opposed to that four years, $80 million, which would have been $20 million. That's an extra $5 million now that they can kick around to use on somebody else. So they're playing with money. They're manipulating things. They don't even need DJ to be a viable member of the club those final two years, maybe even the final three years for that point. And that's that's the weird part of this. And you, and you say, oh, wow, a guy who's 32 years old getting a six-year deal, it's 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 irrelevant. It's irrelevant in, in a lot of ways with, with, with everything that's going on in this market. But it, it's great to see that LeMahieu has more than doubled his career earnings in one day by just signing his name on the dotted line. And uh, he definitely deserves it, especially after everything he contributed to the Rockies organization. So uh, congratulations, David John. Yeah, we, we toast our Breck Brews on this day to DJ LeMahieu for finally getting his payday that he had been owed for quite some time. <clears throat> That's right. Get the, I got that Avalanche Amber Ale working today. Got it down at the King Supers. Had it delivered. Part of their delivery situation. Get that done. And get the uh, go swing by a, a liquor store. We do have limited capacity open up at the bar now. But if you're drinking from home, I got to show you this, folks. If you're here with us on the live, you don't want to miss this one. Remember, you got to be here on Facebook and Periscope on Wednesdays, YouTube. Got to subscribe to the YouTube. But I also have video evidence for you all now. Are you going to chug a beer and then smash it on your forehead? Whoa, baby. Look at AJ. the size of this thing from double Hassel Cattle Company. E-double-L. You Ooh. may want to get that into a fridge right away. Or are we talking yeah. some dry ice situation here? I think they got some dry ice in there for me. Ooh, baby. We're set up to finish the podcast, and I will get that going. But, uh, man, that is a, that's a lot of beef. You remember you remember that SNL sketch with uh, um, Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph being the weird, uh, <laughs> they're like weird uh, game show models going, I think it could be beef. <laughs> well, it could be beef. I've got some beef. A great deal of beef here from Hassel Cattle Company. I got over that $200 mark to get the free shipping because there's Smart. just so much good stuff there. My favorite is the bacon that's like four times as thick as the regular bacon you're going to get. You want some steaks? They got some steaks. They had a deal going for ground chuck. I don't know. I think we maybe still have that going on. Yeah, I think if you order... The if you use the promo code DNBR Chuck, you get half off of the ground chuck right now. It's like three I'm bucks just, or something crazy. Yeah. 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 It's it's absolutely insane. You're getting great beef at a great price, and it's good for the environment. They're they're treating the animals well, they're treating your wallet well. And Will, yes, indeed, look at the size of that meat. Look, that's just you gotta go to hasslecattlecompany.com. That's H A double S E double L cattlecompany.com. And and just look through. I promise, if you if you eat beef, and most Americans do, no, I mean, shout out to all the vegans, do your thing, rock and roll. Uh, but the rest of us have beef as a part of our diet. And I'll tell you what, you're not gonna you're not gonna be disappointed, not in and the slightest. And you're not gonna have dogs, uh, you know, scratching on your doorstep because they package it right. very well. Otherwise, right. Drew would not What's have that? that right now. Right. Uh, he also owns a couple dogs, has a couple right. dogs, so they would have just you know busted out the the the, the door right there, 
to, to gobble it all up for themselves. But no, they package it very well. That's right. All right, Patrick, as we've kind of alluded to and started to talk about here, obviously, let's get into the Rockies, guys. I'll throw all the numbers at you, and then I'll let you just start with whatever jumps out at you the most, your biggest reactions for the Rockies, guys. But since we're all so that we're all working from the same baseline, Kyle Freeland agrees for about 5.1 million, Gray at six. Again, this is all to avoid arbitration, as Patrick said, and I'm sure he'll run you through that in just a minute here. Ryan McMahon settles at 2375. Carlos Estevez, one four five, very excited for him and one of his bigger first paydays with a, a a new baby in the family. That's really nice for him. Uh, then, as, and this is in addition to stuff that we've heard over the last couple of weeks. So keep these numbers in mind as well. Uh, Michael Givens getting four million. Antonio Sensatella, another guy, really great to see him get his payday. These guys were not big bonus babies. They didn't have contracts in the minors. You know, they're just now getting paid like real professional athletes. Um, 2.9 for Daniel Bard. He earned that. And Diaz, 1.2. And the other Diaz, 1.1. I'll let you figure out which is which. No, uh, the, the catcher, Elias Diaz, More. At, at 2. And the pitcher, Jairo, at 1.1. So, um, as somebody said, uh, what, what is the name? He goes by Wansamdi in our, in our chat here in the Discord. Uh, his immediate reaction? That all looks pretty reasonable. It is, yeah. That before a guy gets to free agency, he goes through arbitration. So there's no way that they can really make the money that they should, except the guys at the top. Like today, Cody Bellinger, uh, I think, signed for sixteen point one million dollars, yeah. and that was because That's last still- year he had signed for eleven million dollars. And uh, not sure what the numbers were ahead of that, but again, dude won the MVP in like his <laughs> right. third year in the league. <laughs> right. So he goes to the top of the food chain, right? He's in that yeah. top like first percentile caliber player so he gets that first percentile caliber money and with these rockies guys here they're all kind of middle caliber guys that you know even if ryan mcmahon does break out and become that all-star that you know i think everybody in town and everyone that covers the rockies think he will and even if he does it for the next two three years he's still you know by the time he becomes a free agent he still might not even you know get what story is going to make this year in his final year before free agents before free agency. So if you kind of backplay it, go ahead, Drew, what you got? I was going to say, I just saw here on Twitter in the last few minutes since we've been doing this, they don't have numbers, but that the Rockies have also agreed to terms with Robert Stevenson and Ryan Altapia. So there's no one left. They will not be going to any arbitration hearings. All 11 of their guys will avoid arbitration. Continue, please. Yeah, that no, that's fantastic. So if you, if you think of it as when you go to free agency, this is where you're going to get paid on the market. Well, the year before that, you're going to make essentially less than that. And the year before that, less, less. So it kind of, you know, uh, you know, degenerates in a sense, uh, 2249. <laughs> uh, you got to be watching oh, that for that one. That's one of the better ones. Too. Thank you. Uh, it was subtle. In. It was very subtle to say yeah, degenerate. But nice. yet it kind of breaks down backwards from there, uh, from the league minimum. So, hey, you know what? Before you're a free agent, we can still get you some money and again it, it's it's not too much and it's all based on what you've done in the past in comparison with other guys so basically right. you say all right well hey no one's ever you know won mvp in his in his third year or or close to his third year before except maybe ryan howard well what did he get in you know fred lynn you know won an uh, mvp early mm. on his career ichiro rookie of the year mvp no one made season. some record money in arbitration his last couple of years in arbitration 
he was because he's again yeah, at that one top percentile, right? Yeah, he's a top right. percentile guy. So he goes, and it just kind of it stretches out from there. And really, anybody if, if you're even remotely close to the middle, your numbers are going to be tamped down. I mean, it's even crazy to think that John Gray's going to be a free agent, and we could be sitting here next off season talking about him. I don't know if even if even million? if he has a really good season. You know, does he make? I don't think there's any way he even makes a hundred million dollars with a career year right now. But again, he could be making twenty million dollars a year as a free agent, and this year he's only making six. six. And Kyle Freeland's only making a million dollars less. That would probably blow some people's mind. It kind of blows my mind to yeah. think those two guys are sense essentially, you know, shopping at the same, you know, clothiers or or the same. <laughs> their their hassle cattle company order is identical. Because hey, <laughs> they only make about five to six million dollars. Right. Um, so it kind of it kind of stems from that. And you know, Trevor Bauer was a guy that he you know he kind of wanted to play for one year deals. He said, and we're gonna find out when he signs this free agent contract. He's not playing for one year deal, but the arbitration <laughs> process kind of follows. Like, <laughs> yeah, his agent <laughs> slash girlfriend. Trevor. Yeah. You heard it here first. Rumor. Uh, allegedly. Uh, allegedly. Uh, allegedly 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 yeah allegedly uh, that they could be possibly dating so um can't can't confirm those things right no but uh, yeah officially yeah. his agent but, that's true but yeah no you're 100% right about all of that i think you know what's most fascinating to me about this and I, and i've bemoaned the arbitration system enough i don't need to go down that path again like i i think it's a big part of the problem of artificially holding these guys salaries low and then they're forced to choose between accepting these low salaries signing an extension an extension that's going to pay them better but still underpay them which is what Herman Marquez has done uh or waiting till they become a free agent and hoping that like the economy isn't bad and there aren't only five teams trying to compete and that those five teams aren't set at whatever position you play because <laughs> right and like that ends up you know why we're we still have like a hundred free agents or whatever it is like i do think we'll see some of these dominoes fall but what really struck me as i looked at all of these numbers and i went to spot rack uh to make sure that they had updated everything and they have is that the Rockies really only have four, well, they have three big contracts and two, I think that you could argue, and not even two of those, one that's a medium contract that you could argue is a bad deal, but they really don't have bad contracts. You could, I think, make the strongest argument that Charlie Blackman has a bad contract. And that's, we're still projecting in the future for him to be worth less than he's getting paid. He's usually been, you know, in his early days, he was worth more. Last couple of years, he's been basically worth right on the button what he's getting paid. If he gets worse, then he'll be getting overpaid. And I think most of us are expecting that to be the case in these last couple of years. So you can go, okay, that's a tough contract to be paying a guy at 35 years old, $21 million. The Nolan Arenado contract, is he getting paid less than he's worth? No. Or do you have excess there? No. But again, kind of right on the button. $35 million for a superstar. That's what you have to pay to have him. Then, okay, that's the going rate. Trevor Story at his current rate of 18, and that's going to go up, um, you know, at some point for this guy. But again, because he's, well, like we said, we talked about, uh, you know, in free agency, he's probably worth, what, 27, 28? Yeah. Yeah, that, so that's, that's, that's where I'd put it at for sure. 
Yeah. So so you're you're fine there, right? And then you've got Ian Desmond at eight million, which you don't like. You, you don't like to be paying a guy who's who's not giving you much. He's probably going to be a bench player, uh, if anything, eight million dollars. And then after that, everyone on your roster is getting paid probably less than what they're worth. Um, could very easily outperform their contract. So they've got a lot of these guys. It's just, as we've talked about before, like no one in the middle, no one in that middle range. You just come in and be solid in that rotation form or solid in that lineup form or solid in that bullpen. Though I do think Michael Givens could be their sort of bullpen offseason acquisition. They, they locked him up. I had talked about, you know, that situation. I know Rockies fans not excited about him after nine innings of, of work in a Rockies uniform, but he's the guy I think you feel pretty solid about. But each one of these guys, we go through, and and no, I haven't seen the Tapia number yet. I see the chat asking, but you know, four million for Givens, he can outperform that. Three million for Sensatella, he'll almost certainly outperform that. I'll take both Diaz's to outperform their contract. Bard, that could go either way. I I like it, but small sample size. Estevez will outperform his contract. Ryan McMahon will outperform his contract. And I think both John Gray and Kyle Freeland, if John Gray has matches the worst year of his career, which is like picking up 160 innings at a 91 ERA plus, he's worth $5 million. <laughs> like That's what's crazy about these deals, man. Yeah, Tapia it's, was was projected to to make about two point six million dollars. So we'll, okay, we'll see. Six. So it'll be just a little bit under, you know, what where where David Dahl's at. But you're right. Yeah, the, the contracts really aren't that bad. And even with with Charlie Blackman, you know, making twenty one million dollars essentially over the next uh, three years, each year making twenty one million dollars. You know, he's dude still selling jerseys, and and he it's not a crippling type contract like with. Uh, Mike Hampton, where you know what they had to give up some pieces just to get some money off the books, and then they took somebody else's scraps. Where you could go and say, "No, this is this is fine. We can go ahead and and deal with this." Um, and you know, probably probably even a little bit better, I think, in a way than you know how Helton finished his career as far as mm -hmm. contributing on the field um, and and still selling those jerseys and stuff. Um, Charlie you know, does yoga and stuff. Well, it, it, honestly, that has something to do with it. Like, it, that Elton was very much beloved. But was he hip? Is anyone like, look at that guy? Like, again, there are people that are moving to Denver here, still thousands by the day, that are going to go to a, a Rockies game and go, who the hell is that guy in right field? I have no idea who he is, but I'm immediately going to get his jersey after, you know, probably drank a couple, right. couple of one too many uh, uh, Breck Brew beers. Yeah. And tomorrow You've morning, I'm going to find out. You spent over, you know, a hundred bucks on a jersey, but you're gonna go, yeah, but that guy cool. far away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the band, the outfield should probably be there should be some checks coming to Charlie Blackman because man, two two thousand more people just downloaded our album uh mm -hmm. in, in Denver, and and that's why, because he's got you know a bit mm -hmm. of swagger about him. He's he's Colorado cool in a lot of ways. So I love Charlie Blackman. You know the, right. the the contracts for arbitration are it, it's really it's really good that they were able to get all these locked up because yeah. it doesn't have to be that way. Uh, I think Tony Walters was a guy who last year went um, to arbitration, right? So basically, if you don't come to an agreement with your players, you have to go and sit in a room. And well, first, what happens is you and your agent say, "Hey, I feel I'm worth uh, six million dollars." Right? Ryan McMahon becomes an all star this year. He's going to say, you know what, uh, Mr. Monfort, uh, my client, 
deserves six million dollars. And the Rockies are gonna go, you know what? Uh, we think he's worth about four million dollars. Well, that's a, kind of a big discrepancy. And now they can come together and say, you know what? Let's do five mil, and that's a pretty sizable raise. Or again, depending on on the relationship between agent and team, player and team, or just in general, saying, well, you know what? If if I make five million instead of six, you know, if I have another All Star year, then I might only be able to make eight the third year from now. But if I get the six million dollars in arbitration, now I can maybe make ten or eleven million dollars, and then in my final year of free agency, again, maybe I'm making Trevor Story's eighteen million dollars. But if I settle at five, that's now going to impact me negatively going forward. So they go into a room together. They can't agree on this. And the Rockies are going to tell an arbiter who knows nothing about baseball and tell three of them, here is why my client is not that good. And why $4 million is essentially what yeah. he's worth. And Ryan yeah. McMahon has to go, you, uh, you, hey. you <laughs> son of a bitch. He goes all Arnold on him. And his agent has to go, well, my client is worth $6 million. And here's why. Look at these players that he's comparable to. Uh, in, in these numbers, and again, you probably have to keep it simple looking at home runs, RBIs, that something that an arbiter you know, might have some idea would exist. You can't get too deep into the minutia of war and, and, and OPS plus and things of that nature. But you got to go and, and hear your team talk about why you're not worth what you feel you're worth and why you're you know, almost not very good because they want that lower number. They want either $4 million or $6 million when you get in that room. It's a lose-lose situation. And yeah. one why a lot of teams and players just want to get that done and over with and just say, okay, let's move on with the season. And the Rockies have done that, which is fantastic. There's not going to be no ill will for anybody right now. Yeah, that's, you know, again, when there hasn't been a lot of very good news uh, over the last couple of weeks and months, nice thing for the club to be able to claim that. And um, I also, and I'm just totally speculating here. I don't have any information, but for a team that, you know, really is looking at their dollars and cents, as it were, it wouldn't surprise me if now that they know exactly where all of these guys are at, now they do go make a move or two. It won't be a big blockbuster thing. But I actually got an email the other day from Liam, who sent me a couple of trades, too. We haven't done the free trade Friday thing straight up in, in a little while, but we will. When we get back to that, we can look at some of those for sure. But wanted to know, and I'll throw these out to you, Patrick, these three names. What do you think about trying to go after? And I, I like the range here uh, of guys. Sean Doolittle, I like Steve it. Chizik, Pat Vendetti. I, Vendetti is... Uh, <laughs> He's not very good, but I no. love the guy. I we would love, love him, though. I would love to, to talk with him. He's and, on top of our list. <laughs> yes, just just an interesting story. I, I would want to write about him every single friggin' day. Right. But he's he's a guy that could be had relatively easy. If you give him a major league deal, I mean, he's a, he's a Rocky. If you, if you sign him for thing. even $700,000, because he's, he's really a non-roster guy, unfortunately. can pitch both right-handed and left-handed. Yes, that's mm -hmm. a real thing, only because of him. Greg Harris uh, did it in the 90s with the Expos, too, but very rare thing. Uh, Steve Ciszek, you know, he's got a little closer pedigree, um, you know, so he could be a definite uh, interesting upside kind of guy. I think, you know, he may have some options elsewhere. Again, coming back to this conversation we've had about why would any pitcher with any real value want to come to Colorado? 
and and maybe damage all that value even for you know what how much more do you have to pay than the other team in order to make that work because i gotta you know if it's a especially a probably one or two year deal i gotta enter free agency again in a couple years and so i don't want this to be my only bite of the apple as it were so you know what maybe i'll even take a little bit less money with another team because you know i I can improve my value i'll go with the padres hey i'll go play with the padres you know we'll, we'll go to the playoffs maybe we have a shot at winning the world series uh they need a closer right now maybe i could sneak in uh, and, and be on one of these premier teams. I'm not going to make a lot of money, but hey, after I go do some big things and, and bet on myself in the postseason, now I'm going to cash in again next offseason. So you know what, Rockies, you can even throw an extra $2 million my way. I'm not really interested. But Sean Doolittle is the guy. You know, again, the left-handed option, you know, was it's fantastic on social media. I think he'd be really great for the clubhouse. I love Sean Doolittle, yeah. Maybe a little bit out of the out of the Rockies price range. I think they would – because he's, you know, such a, a good quality get, I think, Rockies may have to go that extra year, you know, may have to go that third or fourth year, may have to, you know, again, that same thing, an extra mil or two on the average annual value. And that, that could be hard. But if you're going to tackle a, a, a big left-hander, it might as well be a guy like that who has proven that he can do it as a closer. But, hey, you know what? Use him when you need to. Seventh and eighth. Allow him to be – flexible and you've got that advantage similar to how the Yankees have used Adam Adovino the last couple years right. where look we're just going to use you where we're going to need to and, and we know with our game planning ahead of time you know where we think this might be or in a spot similar to this so just kind of get ready that would be a real great way to deploy a guy like Sean Doolittle yeah yeah I've always really liked him for for a while and so I, I would be very happy to see that I don't think it's likely but like you said um we really, I mean, I really don't know. There, there's one big question in terms of the finances that I really don't know the answer to, and I haven't seen anybody else do it either, and it is when the Rockies parted with those guys, the guys they decided not to pay, not to even get to this stage in, you know, Walters, Dahl, uh, Chi-Chi, Gonzalez, came guys. back, came back into the fold. Um, but they saved about $6 million, right? So did they save $6 million to pocket it? To, to protect against future whatever, you know, not making the $6 million from fans or whatever, or to spend it? I really don't know the answer to that question, and, and I don't think anybody does. And we may wake up one day and find out, hey, the Rockies have signed a three, couple of $3 million players or one $6 million player, and we'll go, oh, hey, that's a, that's a guy. And that could get you one of these dudes. So I don't want to rule it out, but, yeah, I'm with you. I'm just like... And what if they what if they spend ten million dollars? So we had we had talked right. when the season ended that you know how much they're gonna they're gonna spend in in free agency and and um, go back and, and listen to uh, to what those predictions were. Uh, but I did not think that they were gonna spend very much, obviously because of of this pandemic situation uh, and the amount of money that they had lost and the fact that they're already you know had spent so much money still on the books. Like right now, I think they're still. 12th or 13th in payroll. Now that very well could change. Uh, and, and they get leapfrogged by, by some teams that are, you know, just beneath them, but they'll still probably somewhere in those, you know, kind of mid teens. So you say, well, even what if, even if they spend $12 million, do we know that they didn't say, you know what, we're going to, we're going to spend, uh, we're going to spend, uh, $12 million. And now we save six. So we should really be spending 18. 
but we're not. We're going to pocket that six. So there's just no way for us right. to know. And it's hard, especially for for fans. And and you know we we have again we have this platform where we can talk about it from all sides, from the fans' perspective. Um, you know, you can, you can. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with our perspective. We can say we can very easily say, well, look, unfortunately, the rest of baseball is kind of doing the same thing, where they're they're pinching their pennies and tightening their purse strings and any other kind of idiom you want to use, but right they're up. not spending money. And so the Rockies are doing what everybody else is doing. So let's give them a pass in a sense, right? Whereas the fan goes, look, we've been giving them passes a lot. Bottom line is they can spend for just a little bit of money and take advantage of a situation because it's not often that the Rockies can take an advantage of a situation. And again, I obviously I understand the financial ramifications of this for Dick Monfort as the businessman. But if you're a fan, you go, there maybe has never been a better time for the Rockies to go out and maybe convince a guy to say, look, we are going to give you an extra million dollars here. Steve Ciszek, don't go to the Padres. Yeah, maybe you have a better chance of winning. Maybe you have a better chance of entering the free agency, uh, you know, next offseason and getting a two, three-year deal. We'll give you a two-year deal now for some really good guarantee money because you know what? We don't know what's going to happen after the next CBA. So you know what? Jump on board now. And again, they can scoop up and really improve this team with $25 million. It's, it's, it's almost like fantasy baseball. When we get to the end of this offseason, you'll go back and look and say, okay, what could you have gotten for $25 million? I mean, we've run through the names already. We've said yeah. we've said the names on the podcast. I don't know that we've picked a starting pitcher, but but in the last week. We slowed down because nothing was happening. Yeah, right, we right, every, right. Like every Friday, we're going to break down a different position. And after about a couple weeks, go back and listen in November. It was right. like. Cricket. Uh, never mind. <laughs> never <laughs> mind. Like, you know what? Never mind. But <laughs> you pick up CJ Crone or Adam Duvall. We talked about those guys the mm-hmm. other day. They don't they don't break the bank. Those are really solid guys to add to your lineup that you can afford. You add a Sean Doolittle or a Steve Chizek. Chizek? Sizek? How do we say his name? I never Keep going. get it right. Yeah, I'll give you one more guess. Sizek. Shizek, hey, never hey, sell seashells by the Shizek. Steve Shizek, yes. Shizek. Shizek. <laughs> like a seashell. No, that's easy. Just remember it that way. There you go. Um, that's how he throws. He's a little side arm. He he I, like, I, I really like his, his delivery. Yeah, it's funny. Bottle cap there. Translate. Yeah. And then a, a starter who we haven't determined. I don't know. I'm sure there's one out there. And again, we're not asking for an ace, you know, and, and those are the kinds of things that like, if they do that, I'll go, wow, look at them, look at them go. And if they don't, I'll be probably not as disappointed as everybody else, but I'll be pretty disappointed right along with everyone else going. Like you said, it's, it's a missed opportunity. There are more of those guys available. We ran through the names, even if it's not Adam Duvall or CJ Crone, if it's Marwin Gonzalez or Jackie Bradley Jr. or even bringing back, yeah, Tommy Listella. Bringing back Kevin Pillar would would be better than doing nothing. It'd be better than making no more moves. So yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah, no, it's it's a weird off season, but I, I think I think things will start to you know really progress in a lot of ways, and especially with this news coming out too um, from, from Bob Nightingale about how a lot of the rules that came about in 2020 
may end up coming back. Now, again, the Players Association and MLB, you know, need to negotiate that and 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 figure out how to make it work. But maybe that's one of the ways, you know, to identify the fact that here's some creative ways that we can still have, you know, a lot of baseball and and really maybe just get back to the table and say, look, we really want to have 140 games or 125. And look, if we don't get it from you this year, we're going to get it from you next year when we lock you out and we don't even come to the negotiating table until right. March of next year when you should be already in spring training for an entire month. So look, we're, we're going to get that money back regardless. And you might as well just kind of do it now. So again, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll see what's happening. But if all signs point to maybe, maybe this offseason really starting to pick up just a little bit with the free agents and it, it is good news that players are going to start reporting to, to spring training in, in a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't think it's entirely eyewash, but I'm not entirely convinced. I'm it's like, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. It's not, not sure. It, it, it was very much like everything over the summer where there's discussions and the two parties are going to be talking and we're just like waiting for baseball to start and waiting. And then it, and it finally happens. I feel like we have that now in a lot of ways even though they're saying it's going to happen. Yeah. And, and I, I, th- I think you're right. So stick with us here for the next couple of days and weeks, because I think there's going to be some news. Um, I do think the Rockies will do some things. They won't be big blockbusters. The question will be, are they actually kind of exciting mid-level moves or is it more of this bringing in guys on minor league contracts and veteran minimums and stuff that's not going to get anyone excited. So stick with us to find out, make sure you're following us on social media at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick D. Lyons, at DNVR underscore Rockies, because we'll be there first with it. But then we'll come right here, and we'll be all set to do podcasts. you got to subscribe to all those podcast feeds and all of the DNVR network. Don't miss out on the Denver Sports Podcast. Always fun with the four beats, the four major beats. Sometimes we let the college kids play too. But when we get together and talk a little cross-sport talk, of course, you know, we got our gaming podcast and uh, while we got the watches on a little bit of a break now, you never know when there's something out there. Hit us up in the Discord. That's one of the great things about subscribing to the DNVR.com. You come into our private chat room. A lot of people are talking about Barry. We've been watching Barry on HBO, the Bill Hader joint. Everyone's got me into that. I'm a couple episodes in. We're watching that together. And WandaVision, the new uh, Marvel comic book show, has just started coming out. And so that may be something we get into. Let us know. Uh, Spoiler alert. hanging out with us, man. Spoiler on WandaVision, I don't think there's anyone named Wanda, but there's someone named Vision. <laughs> is that a spoiler? Technically. That's a teaser, there, too. There is somebody named Wanda. But, you're fine. <sighs> but it's more about so, the Vision than it is the Wanda. I think it's it's pretty much about the two of them. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I don't you know, have Disney Plus. It, it, so you I, know, it's, it was, I thought it was Vision a is shot. a thing. <laughs> I thought it was more Wanda you, you is the Vision. wife, and she's That's... got the Vision thing. And I was blown away just because I did figure out, is that Paul Bettany? I was like, it looks like Paul Bettany, but from 10 years ago. And I, I don't yeah. think that's how time works. But no, he's back. Who knows? Yeah, it uh, uh, looks like he he's going to be fantastic in that, along with Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda, uh, the Scarlet Witch is, is what she's more well-known by. But yeah. Oh, that's right. Is, is the Paul Bettany character, Vision, is that the same one from the – Avengers Infinity right. Gauntlet. Yeah. And he got his hat taken off, I think. <laughs> Again, I haven't seen any of these movies, but I know the references. And he got I his mean, hat taken kind of. off. 
kind of. Correct. He got his hat Nailed taken it. off. Thank Nailed you. it. So this is a prequel then. That's or no. Right. Oh no, because everything got undone because of the multiverse. The Mets had like one little series. You so they undid you everything. You really don't want me to explain it to you. Uh, <laughs> all I know is there's 15 Spider-Man and all of them are 12 years old. That's all That's I know. That's right. That's right. Except for the 30-year-olds that they cast in the movies <sighs> for some reason. Ah, but they're playing 12-year-olds. But they're they playing 12-year-olds. They are. They are. Technically. Okay. Supposed to be young. Supposed to be young. Anyway, this has been fun. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for hanging out. Make sure you're hanging out with us in that Discord. Like we said, the only way to do it is to subscribe to the dnvr.com. You also get all our written content there. We appreciate you listening into the show and continuing to be absolutely awesome out there. I promise you that we will continue to be absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.